Well, you already know the big rocks that have been weighing on the grain market. Coming up, we'll take a look at some of what you probably haven't heard a lot about this week because the news cycle has just buried us in Ukraine pretty much every single day, justifiably so in a lot of regards. Coley and Kavanaugh stand by to unpack this week's Market by the Numbers, brought to you each week by the Allen County Farm Bureau. Most farm families, you know, just uh, way too busy to get involved with some of the issues that really fit and wane on farms these days. But that's exactly the job of your Farm Bureau, and that's why we encourage you to help support their efforts. Go online to it pays to be a member.org. Well, listen, guys, one of the things that has been going on in the market this week is prospective plantings and quarterly stocks report that's coming up. And, John, I started hearing first part of last week that traders were already starting to square up positions for it. I thought, okay, well, that's maybe a little bit early, but talk to us a little bit about some of the expectations coming up in the prospective plantings and quarterly stocks report. Comes out on Thursday this next week. Yep, it's going to be a big one. It usually is. That's one of our key reports of the year. Remember, this is uh, an estimate of what prospective plantings are going to be. For corn, average guess is 92 million planted corn acres. That's down 1.3 from a year ago. Soybeans at 89 million acres, that's up almost two from a year ago. And the stocks, and the market always focuses on acres, but the stocks as of March 1, that stocks in all positions, quite often gives us our biggest surprise. And that's the one that moves the market the most. The average guesstimate is soybean stocks as of March the 1st at 1.9 billion bushels. That's 21% ahead of a year ago. Corn at 7.88 billion bushels. That's up 2.4% from a year ago, and wheat at 1.04 billion bushels, and that's down 21% from a year ago. So those are the numbers that you got to look for on the report to see whether the report's going to be bullish or bear. And John, you know, I got to believe it has been really difficult on the stocks numbers with all of the things that are going on in the world right now. And particularly, you know, we talk about Ukraine and that all of the customers that were buying stuff out of Ukraine are now scrambling to try and find other sources for that, trying to figure out a stocks number, even an estimate. Is, it's got to be incredibly difficult. Yeah, it is extremely difficult. And uh, quite often, you know, frankly, there's a lot of criticism of what the March 1 stocks are because it's got a lot of room for error in it. But remember that each quarter we get more and more accurate because the stocks are, you know, getting smaller and smaller and therefore easier to estimate it to, uh, to measure. Watch out. They'll get criticized no matter what comes out. <laughs> That's for sure. We've been uh, calling it the great debate, you know, about planting. And CRP Acres got a bunch more press this past week. And, you know, when that prospect of opening up some CRP acres first came out, everybody pretty much scoffed at it. I am surprised that the number of people have jumped on the bandwagon about opening up CRP acres. John, you had said, uh, why not, you know, with prices this high? Any sense in your mind about not only what you're hearing, but just what you're thinking about maybe how many acres might come out of CRP? Oh, boy. You know, that's a tough one to gauge today. Could yeah. be as four to five million. That's my ballpark estimate at the moment. But, you know, the real issue that's going on here, we have very high prices, of course, close to record high prices. However, this uh, situation with Ukraine and the fact that we are cutting off the supplies of grain from uh, Russia and Ukraine is really tightening up world stocks and threatening food security. And you heard it just a couple of days ago. The President Biden has said that the U.S. can take care of that problem if it wants to. We can open up the CRP acres. 
subsidize farmers and make up that shortfall that's occurring because of the problems in Ukraine. Truth is, we most certainly can do that and we can protect food security in the world. So I think there's a very good chance that's going to happen and we're going to get more planted acres than what this report is going to estimate on Thursday. The EU has jumped ahead of us. In fact, the EU saw that we were talking about opening up the CRP and what I didn't know, the EU, Europe has their own conservation program and they said they will open their conservation program to plant more crops over there in Europe. So we're behind the eight ball a little bit here. We'll have to see if we can catch up. Now, speaking of the UK, some positive news for corn exports when the UK agreed to drop the 25% import tariff on US corn that had been in place as a retaliatory tariff because of the steel. A big deal, you guys? Yeah, huge deal. Because this has been a problem with England being under the rules of the EU, and this was related to EU that made this tariff come in. And now look at Britain just starting to do things their way. So yes, I think it's a big factor. John, Ukraine's ag minister this week made some predictions about how many acres or how many hectares actually are going to get planted in that country. He said it's going to be down 40%. And then we heard late in the week, going to be down as much as 50%. So the war in Ukraine is shifting business to other places of the world, as we mentioned. And one really good example of that was Egypt's big soybean oil purchase. On the oil, you've been talking about that, and you had mentioned rapeseed oil. The thing is, all world vegetable oils are soaring in price because the war in Ukraine has put an unbearable strain on global vegetable markets because they're the largest producer of sunflower oil in the world. They produce 80% of all the sunflower oil, which is a major vegetable oil being used throughout the world. So there's a huge gap there. Therefore, the demand for all other vegetable oils has just gone through the roof. Grapeseed oil, for example, is headed for its biggest monthly gain ever. Wow. And it's all coming from this Ukraine situation. Well, we're uh, we're making a lot of firsts in the midst of the troubles we got in our world right now. And David, you know, we're talking about the export sales this past week, and it's just been so volatile. You know, price fluctuations have been impacted, I think, to a great degree by low trading volumes. And that has, it seems, has caused a lot of farmers to, to back up and just kind of sit on the sidelines because really difficult to make any kind of a strategy, David, when these prices are bouncing all over the place. Yeah, and price is driving it quite a bit because if you notice the weeks where we saw lower prices, the export sales go up dramatically in the weeks like we saw recently where they go back up again. You've got the wheat number at 523, not a good number there either. The corn almost at the low guest at 986 and beans down to 399. I mean, the lowest guest was 500. The high guest was 1.3. And China's hardly even appearing on these things. They're like fifth or sixth or seventh. They're not even on the list hardly at the top three. So you have to wonder... How can we get any consistency to know what supply and demand is going to be when you can't figure out what the demand for our exports are going to be? Because some weeks are fantastic and some weeks are really poor. We, this week was, sorry to say. You have been talking a lot about ROI, and it's really important to know what that bottom line is before you can really make a good decision about what's a good sale. Yeah, because you can talk about the average price to grow the crop. You can talk about your market price in your area, but what you have to do is really tailor it to your farm. And what you're doing in this case, you're actually establishing your own market, just like it is at the elevator or at the uh, ethanol plant or like in Chicago. You're studying your price basis, what your return on investment is. And I think once you start looking at that, you see what your return is going to be. And it's a lot clearer in your mind when you should be selling. Because the big question to me, well, how high is this thing going to go? I said that a year ago, Rob, I don't know. And I'm not going to say how high it's going to go. Because even last year, I was saying, 
I'm not going to put a top on this thing because this thing could be explosive. And look, yeah. when John mentioned the stocks number for corn, how little it's changed from last year and how tight we were on corn, all of a sudden you look ahead and you see any glitch in the corn market with what's happened in South America will make this corn market go to unbelievable levels. Yeah, and let's talk about South America for just a minute because uh, soybeans, they're telling me favorable weather in South America for the soybean crop, both maturity and for harvest. But then, I don't know, I've gotten probably three or four different weather forecasts coming out of South America. Hard to know what's going on. John, are you hearing anything out of South America that we can actually believe? It's all over the board. It's very hard to keep up with that. I keep hearing, as far as the Sabrina corn crop goes, that the conditions are mostly very good right. and yeah. could set record production. So that's mostly what I've heard. But then you get contrary reports and leaves us confused. But I think in general, I think that Sabrina, that second corn crop, which is 75% of the total, is doing very well. David, you know, we talk about prices and everything and some grousing here uh, locally about egg prices when you tell them, well, we just lost about 5 million egg layers in Iowa, then all of a sudden this, you know, additional 75 or 80 cents price on a dozen eggs at the grocery store comes into focus. And yeah, we've lost turkeys here in Indiana. And if we start losing egg layers, that's going to make a big, big difference. And that's one thing I'm watching very, very closely as this thing's spreading all across the U.S. You know, we've had it in North Carolina. We've had it in Delmarva. We've had it all the way in the Western Corn Belt, Eastern Corn Belt. And again, the thing I found out this week, it's not just in the U.S. It's also been found in Romania, India, Philippines have had it too. So it's worldwide. Now, yeah. And then there's always the fear, any poultry products going overseas, they've been banned completely just yeah. for the fact that they don't want any problems with their own country. You have to realize there's a lot of export potential for eggs in particular, also for the poultry. It's definitely making some problems for some of these states, sure. Well, we certainly didn't have any problem with beef sales or pork sales this past week, David. I know. Beef sales at 27.6. Now, that was a pleasant surprise. China was a buyer again, but Korea was the big buyer. Consistently, every week, they bought 9,000 tons. China bought 7.6 thousand tons and Japan bought 6 thousand tons. But you know what really impressed me? China's been hit or miss on these beef sales. But look, this three weeks in a row, they've been almost at the top of the list. Pork sales, not bad. 23.2. Everybody's bad mouthing it. But I think with the cold storage stocks we get this with the big supply of both pork and beef, people are now banking on the barbecue season. Once those barbecues fire up, uh-huh. you're going to see a lot more demand for beef and for pork. And now we throw it to the man who always wants the last word, John Kavanaugh. Well, uh, something of interest. I revealed the all-time high prices for soybeans and oh, corn. Oh, all right. Soybeans, the eye was set September the 4th in 2012 at $17.64.5. And we got close to that again here in 2022, just, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago? We hit $17.58. We came within six and a half cents of the all-time high. And now everybody's thinking, is, is the market investor going to go out and take that out? We'll have to see. But the high on corn was set on August the 12th, 2012, at 8.43.5. The high so far in 2022 has been $7.82. And by the way, the Dalian Exchange, which is in China, the Chinese corn price is currently is at 11.55, which is a near record. So we can see we have some fantastic prices here. There's a lot of possible black swans out there. 
I just think more new crop corn and soybeans need to be sold at these extraordinarily high prices. Thanks, guys. Coley and Kavanaugh brought to you by the Allen County Farm Bureau. And I've been having some conversations with the folks at the Farm Bureau to see if we can't put together an event with some politicians and talk about the upcoming farm bill. Probably happen sometime in the summer when we can sit down and go face to face with some of our elected officials and talk concerns right at the family farm level. And that's really in the wheelhouse for the Farm Bureau because that's what they do all the time. That is the mission of the Farm Bureau, to be the voice of family farms. And the reason they can do that is because of your membership. That's how you support their efforts. So consider a membership in your local county Farm Bureau. Simply go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.